Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav, that's Kev, Phil and Davo. I've worked out that the only way that that intro does not work is if you're doing a show with about 11 points on you, which I currently <laughs> am. And um, it's literally gone through my brain for the last 45 seconds, but that's where we are. Um, Phil, how are you? I'm smashing, Gavin. Smashing. Okay. Good form? Smashing. I'm in great form. The best. It's been the best NFL free agency ever. So it's all about the NFL really for you. Nothing else. Oh yeah, look, this this is just it's great. Imagine it's like transfer deadline day every day for a week. It's the best ever it is. Okay, good stuff. He's in good form. Um <coughs> he'll snap us all out with that in about five minutes. Don't worry about it. Davo, how Never. are you? Yeah, Grant Gaff, not a butter. Not a butter. Good, good stuff, good stuff. And Kev, how are you? I'm very good. Very, very good, very good. Okay, well, it's five past ten at night. We're going to have a right go getting this done in an hour um, because right. I don't even know if it'll last that long. So um, let's Trapped. see how we get on. Winners and losers. Um, Kev, Phil and yeah. Davo have picked a winner each and they've picked a loser each. And I'm sure Phil has found some mad fucking sport that he's into this week and he let us know about it towards the end. We'll also talk about um, our charity partner, Failicon. We'll talk about Betme and we'll also talk about a VPN offer that we have for you. We had got a couple of weeks ago. It's back and it's a really good offer. So we'll talk about that at some stage as well. So I'm going to start with VPN. Neil, I must be back. No, 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 no. Really good with VPN, trust me. Um, it's not. Sven, Svensson. Don't, don't, please don't. 
please don't. I don't need all the emails and fucking stuff, really. Um, <laughs> the DMs. Oh, the DMs and everything. Fucking hell. Phil, we're going to start with winners yes. this week. We're going to start with you because you're in good form. Who is your winner of the week? My winner of the week, right, bar none, I don't, nobody even gets close to this, is the Manchester City commercial team, right? They've okay. now got Manchester City as the most, uh, is the top of the Deloitte richest list, uh, highest commercial revenues in, in world football. They've managed yeah. to do that by uh, growing um, more than any other club has managed to do over the past 12 months, despite <laughs> a pandemic, a global pandemic going on. Um, and they've managed to do this well, by utilizing only 56% of all the commercial revenue comes from their own companies. I think that's incredible. I think they must be having a great time out there in the uh, wherever the hell it is. Where, is it Abu Dhabi that owns them Abu or Dubai? Dubai? Yeah. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, they, it, it's fair, all above board, completely legit. Manchester City are now the world's uh, most powerful and richest club, um, voted by pure commercial means alone, surpassed Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like, think about this: in a year, they've surpassed Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, Bayern Munich. They have companies that don't even have websites because they're so exclusive, and they don't. You can't even book them. You just they're just magic companies that exist. You have to have a special key to get in there, and it's fantastic. So it's going to be a Netflix series, isn't it? Is this off the back of um, every club in world football losing money during the COVID pandemic and Man yep. City making 100 million? Yep. Nothing, nothing to see here. It's phenomenal stuff. And to think that they, they learned their lesson after FFP and promised that they'll play by the rules and they are the best boys in the world and they've gone off and done incredible deals. And they have a full house every week in their 87,000-seater stadium, which only has 55,000 seats. But they get them all in there with a special screen on the roof. Uh, how have they become... Uh, this is gen- I know you're, like, you're, you're saying a lot of this in jest, right? I'm not. No, you are a little bit. But <laughs> for you, like, it's amazing. no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying what you're saying is incorrect. But how do Man City as a football club become the richest, most, you know, the club in the world that is earning the most money out of them all? How? that That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care how how rich they are with regards to their owners, but is this list based on money generated, or is it based on your value in tandem with your owners' wealth? It, they're not making more money. They can't be making more <laughs> money than Liverpool, Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid. They simply can't. <laughs> <clears throat> they can if they're doing what they're doing, they're making up commercial deals. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, mm-hmm. listen, Phil, Kev, you three, more intelligent than me. Is there not some competition authority that's like, see, you can't just come in and say, listen, we're after signing a deal with Qatar Airways and they're sponsoring us now for one billion quid for our short bond. So that, that can't, there is a, there's some sort of competition authority, isn't there, or where it says they'll, they value it. You can't just, you can't just put your own value on it, can you, Kev? No, you can't. There's a well. The thing is, they can because they've done it, and mm. any time that it's ever challenged, they'll go through the courts. And with creative accounting, you can make anything look like anything on paper, but it doesn't pass a sniff test. You know what I mean? It's it just it's just all kinds of wrong. But the the way it's supposed to work is the sponsorship deals are supposed to be 
on par with your competition. So if Liverpool have a shirt sponsor for X amount of money, Man City's can't go 10 times more than what's that than that's worth because it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Especially when the owners of the company who's doing the sponsoring also own the club. That's just financial doping on epic scale. Mm. But anytime this ends up in a courtroom, they'll just outspend everybody mm. and mm -hmm. they'll force their will on it. And unfortunately, look, it's just a sad reality of the the Premier League took the, they took the Queen Shilling, you know, and they wanted to be the big boys. They wanted to take over from Serie A, and the only way to do that was to plough money through the league, left, right, and centre. They didn't care where it came from. Hence, you got Abramovich, and now you've got Dubai, and you have the ones at Newcastle as well. And they will just keep plowing money into it, and as long as people are willing to look the other way, which the league are, because they're the most dominant league in the world. There's no one going to do anything about it. The rest of the league have just either, you know, has put up or shut up. And there's no one big enough to challenge it, unfortunately. So for me, this is just simply creating the path and the the, the runway for their fellow um, Emirati uh, owners to avoid whatever semblance of what was left in FFP that still made sense. So the local rules, the Premier League rules, there's nothing that can be implemented. We know UEFA have balls it up in terms of losing their court case with, with, with Manchester City and, and City put two fingers up to them. The fuck is, we can do what we like now. And that's what, exactly what they're doing. They basically went from a revenue of 549 million, which was still pumped up with mad pretendy deals last year, to over 600 million this year. Bigger leap than anybody else has made. Like we're talking about, like if you look at Liverpool, Liverpool last year were fifth in the list, right? They fall into seventh in the list. And in that time, the revenue dropped by eight by nine million. That's commercial revenue they generated over the course of the year. Yeah. That's because of the money that was lost due to TV revenue streams because of the pandemic, everything that was in the reporting period. However, City have managed to go from a revenue, a commercial revenue of 549 million in sixth place to fourth place with over 645 million. It's mad. It's it's insane, right? And the deals that they've done are made up pretend deals. Like the pretend deals, it's not even they're not even trying to That's play. It. Like, it's not even if I, if, I look, if I look at like Real, it's, it's, take Real Madrid hmm. or Manchester United, and you look at Real Madrid and go, oh, they signed a big deal with. Uh, do you remember they were sponsored by B Win, weren't they? And I think yeah, they're sponsored yeah. by the Emirates now on their on their on their jerseys. I think remedy that, right? But when you're seeing deals coming out, you go, "Fuck!" They're to signing a deal with Coca Cola. They were known companies, like they were known entities. You know, Liverpool's one was Standard Chartered, going back what ten years ago now, um, probably a little bit more. Was kind of who the fuck are they? And then you look yeah. into them, and they were like, "Oh, it's a big American hedge fund company, wherever the fuck they are, right?" Um, or insurance company, whatever they are. I don't even know what Standard Chart do, right? But I know they give Liverpool loads of money. But they're a company, right? And then, like, you look at you look at United and they go, they've signed a big deal with DHL. Or mm. they've signed a big deal with fucking, I don't know, Chevy, Vodafone. Chevrolet. Whatever, Chevy. whatever. Chevrolet. Yeah, Chevrolet, Chevrolet yeah. whatever it is. Going back years, um, Vodafone, all the old here. If you remember all this stuff, right? But City but seem to have all these things and nobody knows what any of the companies are. Look, I don't see a sponsorship deal being announced by Man City where you go, oh yeah, that's the crowd that, like Barcelona's done one with Spotify. 
they'll sponsor the name of the new camp. And you go, everyone knows Spotify. Now, don't get me wrong. There's big companies out there that could come along and go, we're giving 200 million to Man City for the naming rights of their training ground for the next 10 years, right? Axe done it with Liverpool, right? And you go, oh, yeah, I know them. Or I don't know them, but let's have a look at them. And you go, oh, yeah, they are fucking big. But genuinely, I'm looking and I don't even know who these sponsors are. I don't even know where they're coming from. It's just unbelievable to think that Manchester City, and anyone can believe that Manchester City are generating right more money in a commercial sense and are more commercially viable and attractive to than Liverpool, Manchester United, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. It's just it's just not happening. It's for me, it's absolutely mental to think that anybody with a darn amount of money, if they have it, are thinking Manchester Manchester City are a much more um you know, attractive place to place your money. Than all this, it's, it's just all mental. this is doing now is just laying the groundwork for the next three transfer windows. That's yep. all this has done. They've mm. they've now put in place the funds to go and buy Haaland, fund it legally, and then anything else they want to buy on top of him, they've put the funds in there to buy these players that they want to bring in and rebuild again. That's all this is. It's just creative accounting to put in place money so that they can go and spend it. They have it's it's not legit. You go and look at any of the companies' websites, look where they're based. And look at who the owners of those companies are in relation to the owners of Man City and look but, at the relationship between the two. Kev, and going on from that, like 56% of their income comes from Visit Abu Dhabi, Next Gen, which is owned by the United Arab Emirates um, Ting Fund, right? Expo 2020 Dubai, and the Emirates <laughs> Palace. <laughs> it's, they're not even going back that's to that's not a takeaway like, either that's just <laughs> I'm not even trying to hide it like that's this is no, like they've, they've, they're just because doing they, so I might, you might think I was saying tongue in cheek that for me the winners of the week with the Manchester City commercial team but it's not because by winning their case with, 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 with by winning their case with UEFA right we everyone was worried oh maybe they won't maybe, maybe they'll play a bit by the ball and try to bury these but they haven't Two fingers, I'm making up pretend companies, pretend deals, and we will pump our revenues up to whatever. So whatever version of FFP they try to implement, it won't matter a fuck because we will have we, our, our company will be pumped up to be generating so much pretend commercial revenue, we will be able to spend as much as we like when we feel like it. And that 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 what they've laid out, they've set out the plan for PSG, for um Whoever else, what other teams? Oh, the, yeah, PSG, the Qataris, and then then the other one, the biggest one of them all. They've basically laid out the roadmap for Newcastle United to attain whatever they want to attain because Newcastle United will now be able to pump as much money into pretend clubs, into pretend commercial sponsorship deals to make sure there's no FFP implications for them um, or whatever version of FFP because you've said they're going to bring in another version. It doesn't make a difference. You've already you've opened the door. The horse has gone so far across the field. There's no horses left. You've now got cows in your stables instead of horses. Legos move ahead for that. And, and the thing is, like, out of that 600 million quid, how much revenue are they making from match day? Or, you know, is there like, because they must be making about eight quid out of match day if this sort of money is being put in for, for you know, these sponsors. Uh, listen, you know, Rory says there the most outrageous one was the Emirates Palace Hotel Partnership with Man City. What commercial benefit does a luxury hotel in Dubai get from giving money to a football club in Manchester? You know, 
But listen, that Gav, they'll be telling you like match day revenue. They'll be telling you is X amount, even even if it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they'll be telling you, oh, we've this tunnel club and we're getting next amount off this, next amount off that. Jesus, League of Ireland, they used to put in the fucking rock, uh, lower attendance because they didn't want to pay the fucking tax. Yeah. Uh, uh, when the when the tax man yeah. came looking at it, now it's the city or the yeah. other way around. They're telling you there's fucking sixty thousand. Well, it's like 70, the time Arsenal there's seventy thousand there in a, in a fifty thousand seat stadium. It's um sixty seven point five million per year from Eddie had to sponsor their own stadium. Um, says they played them, but but yeah. but that's the thing is it, it's it always reminds me of the one where do you remember Arsenal played a home game in the league and um, there was like fucking nobody yeah, there. And it was like, the official attendance tonight is 59,955. And we're like, mate, there's not only 80 seats fucking empty yeah, here. But exactly. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. But what they do is, they just, if if you bought a season ticket, you know, or you've bought something, you're there. or, if, you, or if, you, if you've opted in, if you've opted into a ticket scheme and not bought a ticket then, and not turned up, they still put you down as in. It's, yeah, but look, in. It, it's absolutely mad. I agree with you, Phil. I think they've, there's literally no stopping this. The only way it stops is if they get bored, mm. right? Or something happens in the world where their 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 wealth is massively hit by something, and they decide, right, this is this is too much money we're pumping in here, which I can't ever see happen. But I think you're dead, right? I think it's laid a roadmap to, um, in particular, they won't Newcastle. Get bored. It, yeah, no, they won't get bored. The, problem, the chance no. of it is slim. But well, um, the thing is, the re- there's a reason they won't get bored. They know that the oil industry only has a shelf life of maybe 30 to 50 years. They have to diversify their country's income. That's why they're delving into sports and tourism and trying to spread out as much as possible to get as many other income streams away from oil rev- oil and gas revenue. They've been doing it for years, and they're going to carry on doing it. The, football is just another mechanism to spread their version of their income, You know the way they can generate money in the future. You know, yeah, that, this plan has been set in motion for a decade or more, and it's going to evolve out into so many other different sports and revenue streams that it's just going to be the way it is. And there's, I, there's not an awful lot anyone can do about it now. I, I think it's just absolutely mental. And the, like I said, the only way the only way you stop it is if they something happens where they, they want to stop themselves. Because what do you do? And Newcastle. Um, whether you agree or disagree with the owners being there, or how they got hold of that club, or whatever. They are looking at it going, yeah, we can do it. And they're probably in a much better position to do it than City because City mm-hmm. have blasted the red tape out, out the door. Yeah. So Newcastle is going to drive right through that gap now and go, well, we can do whatever we want because we've seen what's going on with Man City. We've seen nothing happens. We don't need to take little tender steps here, there and everywhere. They've done it all for us. Um, so it's, it's absolutely bad, but I get your, I get your show, uh, Phil, on the Man City commercial team because for everybody else to lose money, and Man City to post a hundred million profit at the same time is absolutely <laughs> unfucking believable. Um, really is like it's it's absolutely madness. Um, moving on, Davo, loser of the week, please. Oh, loser of the week. Yeah, look, you can spend as least amount of time on this if you want. It just first off, my, my loser of the week is the the Nottingham Forest fans. Right? Or sorry, I'll rephrase that. The, Certain number of Nottingham Forest fans who broke out the greatest hits that they all were seeing when Liverpool arrived into town. And the irony, or the reason I picked them is the irony is the Nottingham Forest uh, fans trust um, laid two wreaths at the Hillsborough Memorial there during the week because uh, it was coming up that we were we were playing them obviously in the cup. And 
then they left 97 seats uh, free in the city ground during the night as a as a memorial to the 97 fans. And then, oh, listen, I didn't pick it up. It was Sligo. Sean and our group said it. Uh, lads, the greatest hits are getting sung here, but as far as fans, I, I, I didn't hear it. But I was flicking around on Twitter and after the game, and obviously Gav, Daniel Story has been on plenty of times with you. He is a journalist and yeah. he's a big Forest fan and he, he's working there. And he just came out, he, the kind of hiding that he was asked about it. He said, I heard an awful lot of poverty songs being sung, he says, which I hate. And I heard one rendition of Always oh, the Victims. And he says, that's what I heard. That could have been more. Or what I thought he heard, he said. Could have been more, could have been less. Yeah. So listen, I just I, I don't get it. I, I I really listen. I'm not from Liverpool. Obviously, it'll hit harder for for people that are from there. You obviously have the poverty stuff. I think it was Leicester fans were at it, and then yeah. seemingly there's more fuel banks in Leicester than there is in Merseyside. Um, it was it was brought up after it, maybe, but that's not a point scoring thing. That listen, there's there's fuel banks all over, all over England. I'm sure. And listen, we're 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 not fucking great ourselves over here. With the way things are, so yeah, look at we can spend as little time as we want, and I just thought it was it, it just it needs it needs to stop. It's the same shy. It'll be the same. Seemingly, I've seen more stuff on Twitter. I think some of the fans that go to all the games were saying probably every fan base bar maybe two don't engage in it, but everyone else does the poverty stuff and all that. And it's just oh, it's fucking this day and age where we are as a war in Ukraine, there's everything else, and you're still listening to this shy. Uh, from away fans, so like I said, I wouldn't. I'm not tired of all the uh, Forest fans with that. I'm I'm a traditionalist. I'd love to see Forest get get back up. I was ten when the Premier League started. Forest were in it, sharing at me and wow and all these quality players. Uh, Brian Clough was the manager. I would actually, I think they're a huge club, and I'd love to see them get back up. I think they bring an awful lot back to the league. But hmm. Jesus, they can bend them fans that were at that yesterday if they do. Hannah alone says it was a Forest fan on last night's stream being casually racist. They really are letting themselves down. He d- this person did come across as a, as a Nottingham Forest <laughs> fan, but you can't absolutely be sure because there is people that come into this chat and pretend to be something that they're not, um, just to store a pot. With regards to um, the, the Forest fans, yeah, the Forest Trust um, went to Anfield during the week, laid the two reads and actually gave a book to, I think it was Margaret Arsenal, um, where basically... It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline kind words from Nottingham Forest fans that were at Hillsborough on the day or you know may not have been but wanted to pass on some you know nice messages and it was a really nice thing to see outside Anfield during the week but like Phil you know I know you kind of I don't you don't just skip over this you kind of go look what can you do about their arseholes but how how see-through is it, like, transparent is it that this is going to happen every week, Phil? You know, like, for anyone in, in the UK at the moment to walk into a football ground and sing at anybody else about poverty when you see what's going on in the UK, forget football and forget tribalism or whatever it is, but for anybody to walk into a football ground, or anywhere for that matter, and start singing towards another set of people about poverty when you see the way the UK is being run at the moment and you see her being literally ran into the ground is mind-blowing me to, 
to me, Phil. And it's not just a Liverpool thing. It's just mind-blowing to me that you'll be standing beside someone one week protesting against Boris Johnson and what they're doing to the Tory government. And two days later, you're in a football ground 100 metres from each other and you're telling each other, you know, who's in less poverty. They're bragging about who's in less trouble under this government. It's a bit mental. Well, where do you want me to start? It's where not a bit mental. To? It's it's the English condition in a nutshell. It's like that. Nothing. It's 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 so. They're so mad, but they're so mad in a very English type of way, right? And this type of this type of madness that goes on. Like I know Davos upset with, it, but like at this point in time, you know the problem is Liverpool fans have screamed loudest about this type of chanting, right? Um. And it's just saying now is well, that's a way to get it at Liverpool fans. And to be fair, it's a way of getting at Liverpool fans, right? So yeah. if you're a, a, a fan and another fan base, what are you there to do when you go to a match? You're there to wind up the other fans. You, everyone has done. Everyone's been to a match. Now, I'm not saying that you should partake in it. I'm just saying that that's what they're there to do. And I'm not as precious when it comes. to... There's some things obviously you don't want to, don't want to, don't want to. Do you think that shouldn't be done? Do I think they should sing the the songs? Um. No, like, but it, it happens, and it's going to continue happening as long as we, as, as the Liverpool fan base, make such a big noise about it on social media platforms, which they do, right? It's it's brought up by some of the biggest Liverpool accounts as soon as anything appears on the thing, and are you not going to say something about this? You're not going to say this. They should know at this stage. No football program, no football, no no network in England ever mentions the chance, ever mentions what's being said, or ever mentions, ever has an opinion on it, right? Whether the people involved in does, doesn't, doesn't at all. But it's the big social media accounts, and it just shows again about the social re- media reality that exists. For those who spend a lot of time on social media, it's one of the biggest things to talk about. When people who don't spend that much time on social media, it's very rarely discussed. When I talk football about mates, like we very rarely discussed, did you hear the chance that we're on the ground? Did you hear the chance that we're in the, on television that time you're looking at? It? Honestly, I'm just I'm just being straight about it, right? So when I come back to when you say to me about the the, the, the English thing and that the, it's about the poverty and all this type of stuff, they keep voting the Tories in. Like this is the, this is like women that they're, they're having strikes and they're having protests and they're having this and they're having that. And then the chance comes around for an election, and then they vote them back in again, right? So, like this is this is very much a bizarre representation of what happens a lot across the English mainstream society that they are all very much they give an awful lot. People give an awful lot in England. They they do so many venerable things that that should be recognised and honoured, and then. They do the stupid thing of putting the same people who have more or less been abusing them for over 100 years at this stage back in power. It's Stockholm Syndrome. I'm convinced England as a nation is suffering massive amounts of Stockholm Syndrome and they're so scared of what different is because the only time they ever voted for different was when they basically had the same person in a different party doing the same thing. It's Stockholm Syndrome. They basically just want to be ruled. They want, uh, there's a psyche that wants them to be ruled and wants people who have very posh accents to tell them what to do, right? Because they take great sort of, I don't know, sub, subconscious comfort in following the person with the posh accent who tells them what to do. And if you look at what's, what, what, is, what is the attraction of Boris Johnson? He looks like Warzel Gummidge. He looks in worse nick than Warzel Gummidge. He looks like Warzel Gummidge who's been stuffed too much with straw, right? And all it is, is he seems like a bit of a posh clown 
who says the odd funny thing here and there. And his actions are horrific and vicious. He's one of the most disgusting human beings to have existed in terms of decisions he's made. Yet, in the last election, him, his policies and his parties won an absolute landslide. So when you ask me about it, I can't, I can't, can't sort of patch together the whole scene because that's where it becomes so disassociated to the people that I know that live in England, the English people I know, right? They're very, very different, but it's there. And that's well, when you come back to it. I can't patch it together. Well, uh, to be honest with you, like, I kind of separate them into two things, and I'll get to Kev now in a second. I separate them into two things. If you want to sing Feed the Scousers and all that sort of stuff, right, and, you know, that's all we sang and whatever, right, go ahead, because you're, unedu- you're not educated. That's one thing, right? It's, just a, it's a simple lack of education. And not even education, it's just a simple lack of awareness as to a situation that's probably way closer to you than what's going on in Liverpool or, or the surrounding areas, right? Like, the funny thing is, when the, the, the sort of stuff like um, the poverty shouts come out and feed the scousers and, and stuff like that comes out, right? When you look at the people singing it, where they're from, and you check the level of poverty in that area compared to Liverpool, the a lot of the time, it's in more poverty than Liverpool. So it's just a complete lack of awareness. However, if you're singing always the victims, right? It should be on the front. And I don't, and like, uh, Veranda Cheese is why are people so um, sensitive anymore over the last 10 years? Who gives a shit? Well, I do, right? Because what you're doing there is you are, you know what you're doing. You're singing about the victims of a football tragedy, right? Now, Liverpool sang a song towards a Norwich player earlier on this season who's on loan from Chelsea. And more or less self-policed themselves and went, right, Grant, that doesn't happen. Because there was an uproar over it. Liverpool fans went, Grant, not going to happen again. Bang, no one's to sing it. But it seems to be okay to go into a football ground nowadays and sing about 97 victims of a football tragedy. And I don't care what anyone says about, oh, no, well, it's not really about that. It's absolute bollocks. It is about that. And if you're going to walk into a football ground and sing that, okay, something should be done. It's like someone else said in the chat there earlier. You'll hear somebody near a microphone or a Premier League game shout some expletive. Sorry if you heard that or you picked that up on the on the on the microphone. You'll hear the commentator say. But ten thousand people down the away end, or seven thousand in the Anfield Road end at a, at a cup game can sing um, songs about always the victims, and nobody mentions it. Why isn't the fella on the commentary going? They are singing this. This is the words coming from the away end. And this is fucking wrong. This is wrong. And Nottingham Forest fans, not all of them, right? Although some people in the chat said, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. But half the ground are singing X, Y, and Z after they went 1-0 down. But not all of them let themselves down massively at the weekend. After work done by their football club and work done by their supporters' trust to make something good out of this cup tie and to, as a mark of remembrance towards Hillsborough and the 97 fans that, that that died as a result and you still get these people that feel that they can go in and sing this sort of song in a football ground right it, it's not it, like people will go what about racism completely wrong I, I'm all behind players when they get racially abused just walking off the pitch good luck I'm gone I'm off the pitch and if you mates want to come with me great if they don't they don't but there's a big thing about racism in football quite rightly but there should always be a big thing about basically singing about people that are dead, okay, and making accusations against them, despite the fact that they've been absolutely vindicated 
in their fight for justice over the last 30 plus years. It's it's absolutely appalling, in my opinion. And people can say you're sensitive and people can say you're this. But listen, it doesn't matter. It's not about being sensitive. It's about being right and being wrong and having some sort of education, having some sort of brain and a general awareness as to who you are, where you come from and actually what goes on in the world. Because if you're seeing that sort of stuff, you clearly don't or it's pure ignorance. One or the other. Kev, sorry, I went on a bit there. No, you're fine. Look, I agree with pretty much all everything that all of you have said. The reason why they get away with it is mob mentality has an awful lot to, to answer for. When they get into the ground, if you ask a person individually, should this happen? Of course not. And, and they'll, def- they'll, they'll deny that this stuff happens. You had it with Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker was challenged <coughs> the night of the Leicester game. And he was in, in the ground, in a studio, and said, I never heard it. You know, absolute bullshit. There's, it, there's just no way you cannot hear this. When F- Phil, when you were talking about why Boris Johnson got re-elected, very simple. He got Brexit done. And he stuck behind that. He stuck behind that mantra for two years, and that washed away all of his sins. And he got people to turn up on the day. Plus, the way the electoral map is drawn in England. Labour used to be able to challenge when Labour were winning in Scotland, and that was 50-odd seats to them. Now they're not winning in Scotland. They've lost 50-odd seats. They cannot win an election. It's as simple as that. doesn't matter who the fuck the Tories put up, and they've just proved that. When you're talking about the stuff that happens in grounds, you wouldn't see an away side go to Bradford and talk about a fire and challenge the fans in the Bradford Stadium about a fire. It just You just wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. But they know that it will get under the Liverpool fan skin. They know that it's got a global audience. And they know that the louder they sing it, the more it will antagonise people. And they'll get away with it because the football authorities, the football, the Premier League, the TV punditry, the TV companies themselves have no interest in getting involved in this discussion whatsoever. Forrest, for what they did really well, in the build-up to this game, you fans learned a lot about what Nottingham Forest did in the late 70s and what Clough did to get basically a small-town club to promotion title winners, double European champions. The Forest Trust did everything right and they were let down badly by a couple of things that happened on the game. The What the fans sang, absolutely atrocious. And then for some obscure reason, the stewards let all the fans out at the same time. So you had Liverpool fans and Forest fans all coming out of the stadium at the same time, and apparently there was bottles thrown at Liverpool fans, some plastic, some glass to hit kids and hit people heading towards the coaches. You know, it's it's nonsense, but it's mob menta- it all comes back to mob mentality. Everyone going to grounds wants to believe that they're with their mates and they can get away with what the fuck they want for that, for that 90 minutes. Yeah. And then they go back to real life. In the real world, they can't get away with that shit. Well, it's it's <clears throat> for me. It's just I just like Davos brought this up, and I just think that I don't think you're going to stop it, right? But I think if you if it was brought up during the game in the studio afterwards, as much because trust me, Liverpool sang something earlier on the season, and they went on about it for three days on Sky, you know. Um, but this stuff seems to just roll off now as if, ah, well, that's just the done thing. And it's not. Um, so, look, 
I don't think it's going to stop it, but I think every time it comes up, it should be highlighted. And I, I don't make any apologies for highlighting it here. And some people have said, can we, can we talk about football? We are talking about football. We're talking about a chant. We're in a football ground during a football game that Liverpool played most recently. Most recent Liverpool game. That's what we're talking about. Um, let's move on, though. Um, winner, Kev, go. Winner, Leeds United. Um Jesse March come into this after replacing Bielsa and talk about a thankless job to have to come in and do. Lost his first two games on the bounce. And then the way they beat Norwich in a must-win game, they had to win that. to go And then go to Wolves, be 2-0 down, lose four players through injury. And in a madness of a second half, turn a 2-0 deficit into a 3-2 win. And those six points could be the difference between them staying up and and not. It, it was phenomenal. I mean, what they'd done in that Friday night football, arguably the game of the season so far. It, was, it had everything. It was it was just one of those must-watch games. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It is unreal. I think um, it's a great show. And I'm laughing because um, Dav was on with us tonight. And when they were, went 2-0 down, Dav went... I can't see these fuckers winning the game for the rest of the season. <laughs> he said that's going down. They've made three subs, the keepers on the deck here. He said. Four subs. No players left. Four subs. They made four subs because one of them went off with a concussion. Yeah. We have two keepers here now. You have you both seen this the Raul Jimenez second yellow card? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have, Kev, and what I can tell you one thing. I don't, I don't know why they're all talking about was it yellow or wasn't it? It's the fucking most blatant second yellow card you've ever seen again. Keeper comes out, wins Record. the ball, and gets clattered. Fucking second yellow what all day. What should he, what should Jimenez do? Because Jimenez never looked at the keeper; he was looking at the ball. Do you want yeah, your forward to be challenging for that yeah, ball? But, and if you yeah. miss it, you gamble. Yeah, but he or, he, he he missed it. If, if it was yeah. the other way around, if Jimenez, if Jimenez flicked the ball boy and the keeper clattered into him, he's getting booked. He, he might be getting sent off. There's no one behind him, but he's definitely getting booked. I just thought I thought it was a thought it was a blatant second yellow card. But I, I just on the on the keeper's thing, Phil, I should have texted to, to put the game on because Leeds brought a goalkeeper on who hands down was worse at kicking the ball off the ground than Simon Minnelay. He could not. He, he, couldn't he couldn't hit clear the halfway line. line. He couldn't clear the halfway line. I couldn't have seen it. I was absolutely bananas drunk. I've been out drinking all day for Cheltenham Gold Cup Day. So I'd say now all the lads who hate betting, horse racing and drinking in the chat would be absolutely devastated when they hear that knowledge. But I had a bet on. Um, and do we have, do, uh, is, is, have we got any betting companies no. linked to this show? Okay, grand. So the bet on anyway with Paddy Power and uh, the, the, uh, they, they, Basically, it was Wolves to win and Raul Jimenez to, to get two shots on target, right? And it was eight to one, right? And uh, had it on. I thought, right, we're in, we're in the money here, in the money here, right? This is Wolves are up, and then fucking Jimenez gets sent off. Says he knows going to happen. Leeds is going to win. Just, just give up now at this stage. The way the horse has gone to that day, I was just like, right, give up that, and 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 job was done. And uh, like, with that, was right. Is right. Some goalkeeper. These have a goalkeeper who couldn't kick a ball and they still win a match. That says all you need to know. Me was, putting money on something is like the greatest. The last time Joan was spoken in that regards was in the Bible. I think. <laughs> I think. I think with regards to Leeds, though, Jesse March has got a bit of a tankless job coming in. Just trying to refigure that team into playing something that's not just mental, like Bielsa was doing. 
And I think that win at the weekend, like it sounds an obvious thing to say, but I think it could absolutely be huge for them because it's a comeback win under Jesse March, playing a different way. And they never, they haven't looked like this in months. When they went goals behind, they looked like that is it. It's game over. Now, granted, Wolves have a player sent off, but trust me, I think there's probably 12, 13 teams in this league easily that could play, that could start a game against Leeds with 10 men and beat them with the form they've been in over the last three, four, five months. But it was absolutely... Fairness, Wolves defended like that back forward all the way to Blindfolds. They were absolutely fucking atrocious. Yeah, man, fucking Sui swinging his foot at it and fucking putting it up in the air. Absolutely fucking garbage. Yeah, they normally are very, very morsely at the back. Here was trying to tell me that they were going to end up in, in a race with the top four wolves. Come on, which yeah, one was it? Was me. I, I, it was me because I thought the way they were defending and the way they were keeping clean sheets. <laughs> yeah, they were keeping. They were letting no goals. They were. They were just. <clears throat> they went through a period of about four or five games. They might have conceded two. You know, they were. They were horrible to play against, and they were quick on the break. And even well, at two 0 up, they looked really comfortable. They look really I good. I told you it was going to I fall mean, apart. I told you it was going to fall apart. I said, this good. always happens. They're one of those teams like Aston Villa was under Martin O'Neill. But they're all trying it. It's actually but funny. They're all trying it because if Arsenal, if Arsenal, I think they've Spurs and Chelsea in the next, in the next two that are yeah, yeah. the games in hand. And if they don't win them, you're literally looking at Arsenal, United, Spurs, and West Ham will probably need a win in there somewhere where you'll have four of them nearly on the same amount of points with about eight games left. Like, and Arsenal were like three points clear with fucking three games in hand last week. It, it could go anyway. But just yeah. on Leeds, um, the goalkeeper was funny. He came on, he literally couldn't kick the ball by the half wheel line. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? But um, they are the big winners of the weekend because, you know, when you see Everton beat Newcastle during the week and you thought, oh, that's another dagger for Leeds, but Leeds will come back and won that and it just throws the ball straight back into Everton's court and um, we, we'll have a chat about Everton, I'm sure, towards the end. But Leeds is a good shouting, Kev, in fairness to him. Um, Phil, loser of the week? Lionel Messi. Yeah. He's playing in the fucking Leinster Senior League 3C of leagues, right? In a team that has the best players. He's playing with Neymar, Mbappe, a who's who of Di Maria, an EA fantasy football ultimate team in stuck in Leinster Senior League three Z, and he's managed to come up with two goals in eighteen games. Like I don't know, this fella got the got the goal, <laughs> got the Ballon d'Or, whatever it was again this year on the back of an underwhelming season at Barcelona and finally winning the trophy at international level, like. I, I'm just baffled. I I fancied my chances for scoring two goals in in League One in that PSG team just by standing around the box. Eventually, something's going to bounce off you. You know what I mean? Like, it just it just for me anyway. Him going there was that you can dress it up all you want. It was he bottled it. He should have gone if if he really wanted to prove something outside of Barcelona. He should have gone and joined up with the Manchester City commercial superstars of the world, um, or gone somewhere else. Gone. Juventus go go somewhere different right as bad as Ronaldo's being for United he's managed to score more than two goals in the Premier League which is which says it all really I think what's what Messi got what, five in the Champions League so to me and that's the other thing that that, that, that I look at and go is this a fair team fair team so teams in, in, in the French League have 
you know, shit teams probably just don't fear because they've never played against them. Well, well, the teams in the Champions League are still looking at all types of Messi trying to figure out how do we do it? What do we do? How do we fix this? He's gonna, he's done this at Barcelona, he's done this. When actually, when the team isn't built around him, and this is always, always my biggest sort of criticism, when the team's not built exactly around him and to cater for his abilities, he's not the player that he's that he looks like. Whereas if we look at Mo, Mo's Mo. You, you stick him into any team and he's going to do something amazing in them at, the, at this moment in time. And to be fair to Ronaldo, he's gone and he changed his game to, he went from being an attack minded winger to a pure classic number nine. And I'm still, I'm still convinced and this is not me thinking that Ronaldo's better than Messi. Or I just want to say it's not that at all, but I just uh, totally believe that if Ronaldo had gone to Manchester City this year, he'd probably be on twice the amount of goals he scored. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Mm. And I think he would have made a much bigger way. difference to Manchester City than than yep. than than doing what he did at United. Honest to God, like, and, and it just says to me, I'm just I'm just wonder. I just love to see, um, what the motivation is behind Messi at the moment because he looks like a fella who's playing a series of of. He um, doesn't have. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have any motivation, Phil. Just, he's not. He doesn't want to be there. They went. They went through everything to, uh, to try to jump through hoops, wasn't they? Didn't he agree a two or three year deal and he'd be paid over five years? And the uh, fucking La Liga rejected it, or whatever the governing body over there, whether it's the Spanish FA or La Liga themselves, rejected it, says you can't do that. So they were trying everything to try and get him to stay. He's absolutely doesn't want to be there. It's a fuck. I'd say, honestly, I'd say that dressing room, I'd say it's awful. I'd say mm. it's awful. Just a team at prima donna. So you look at on that day when they click, they can fucking rip you apart. But it's more and more becoming apparent that it's it's Mbappe's team rather than the the other two lads, and he's obviously gonna fuck off in the summer. But you'll go you'll go you'll go very far away to see an implosion like like they had for them few minutes in, in the Bernabeu uh, for such a such a talented team, and it should be on a ta- just going off on a little tangent. It should be a kind of a marker to. Maybe people that are looking to live. Look what happened to Genie. Look what happened to Gatinho. And you go to these teams that are kind of not fucking just full of prima donnas. Uh, things things can go fucking things can go uh, things can go awry. So yeah, listen, sad to see. I think he's the best ever, but his heart's not in it. That's just and it's, that's you, just it. If you in the chat there, um, Shawnee Lawson reckon he's just staying fit for the World Cup, and and Shawnee along with others think that he'd be back. <laughs> At Barcelona next season. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Before, well, I'm going to give you a shout no, in a sec, Kev. Um, yeah. But um, just with regards to IP Vanish, IP Vanish is a VPN service. The link is in the description if you want, if you need a VPN, right? So, <laughs> VPN is um, it basically keeps you very secure when you're using when you're using the internet. It secures your um, your basic makes your data private, more or less. Um, they encrypt your data 100% um passwords private details communication browsing history um shielded from getting into the wrong hands all right ip vanish um if you look around you'll see vpn starting from probably about seven eight dollars a month right up to 15 go can go even higher anyway but you can use ip vanish on all sorts of devices computers tablets phones fire sticks um anything you want to use on at home or when you're out and about you can use it on phones and stuff like that so what ip vanish have for us is an offer for our listeners and viewers and if you go to www.com 
ipvanish.com forward slash LFC day trippers. They are offering one year um, subscriptions to their VPN service and it works at around $3.20 um, per month, which is a really, really good deal. So check them out. Um, go and check them out. Have a look at the link in the description. And if, you, if it's something that suits you, the offer is there um, from us to you. So I wanted to give a mention to that. Kev, Messi, you know, um, like Phil hasn't down as the loser. I just think he looks depressed. He's getting billed around the park of pants. Um, literally him, Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe literally stood outside Real Madrid's box for 45 minutes last week um, while the game was going on in a completely different time zone down the other end. And we just weren't interested. The mix just isn't right there. There's just too many fellas you, you need to carry when you don't have the ball. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Where, look, what do you think he does? Leonardo's had an absolute mare. Um, he's signed players on freeze for astronomical wages. Imagine the deal they must have given Sergio Ramos to go there. He hasn't hardly kicked the ball all year. And nobody would have been happier with what happened at the Bernabeu than him. And he'd have made no, no secret about it either. Um, they were they were well soundly beaten by Monaco at the weekend as well. I think it's 3 or 4-1. 3-0. 3-0, uh, was it? Yeah. it, it, it was, and too many ran the game. You know, they had no fight, no bottle. Pochettino looks like he's lost the dressing room. Called it unacceptable, Pochettino. <laughs> he can call it whatever fuck he likes. At the end of the day, the players aren't playing for him. And when you've got that mid, that much talent on the pitch without any bottle and heart, you've got no chance, especially when you come up against half-decent players. And look at Monaco, that Monaco side with Chumaney and Ben Yedder up front. They've got decent players. But Messi, I can't see him going back to Barcelona purely and simply because of the performance that Barcelona put in at the Bernabeu. It was the first time this season Barcelona were properly, soundly looking like a Barcelona side against a good team who were top of the league and they battered Madrid, left, right and centre. And the only thing that Madrid were missing on the night was Benzema. You know, and you had Aubameyang, who obviously... You know, down tools at Arsenal to engineer a move. Finally turns up, gets goals for fun. Dembele, when he's not injured, looked like an absolute phenomenal player. And Barcelona have a young side. They don't need Lionel Messi anymore. They don't need that wage bill, that wage hanging like a millstone around their neck. The best thing that happened to Barcelona was getting him out. And they should have had, they should have done it a long time before. You know, he had the commercial pulling power to keep them going for a while, but that wage that he was on, a million a week, that's a millstone around anyone's neck. Phenomenal money. It, mm. it, and look, he's a great He won the Ballon d'Or because he has something like 45, 50 goals in the, in the year. And he's a phenomenal player. He really is. He's, one of the, he's a generational talent. He's one of the best of all time, if not the best, arguably. But Father Time is undefeated. And Father Time has caught up with him and exposed him in a bad league. And when he doesn't want to be there, he's proved it with Argentina, he's proved it at times with Barcelona, and he's definitely showing it now with PSG. He's just... He's worse than Neymar. At least Neymar will have a goal. He'll he'll try and do something. He might fall flat in his face and roll around 10 times, but he'll have a goal trying to, to do something. Messi just looks like he couldn't care less. I've seen you know, him a That's a horrible times. thing. I've seen I've seen him a couple of times and he just does look like he's going through the motions. Like 
don't get me wrong, I've seen Messi, you've seen him come to Anfield a couple of seasons ago and we bashed him for, we bashed Barca for nil and Messi still has some good chances in the game. Has yeah. a good chance near the end with a brilliant ball and Rakitic to, to actually score and cut up Barca through. But when I see him for PSG, it looks like, it just looks like, like Shani said something earlier, like he's just keeping fifth for the World Cup. It looks to me like he's there going, I'm going to do this for a year and then I'm going to go off somewhere else. Um, let's get this year out of the way. I'll go back to Argentina. I could go back to Barca. I don't know. But maybe age is catching up on him a bit. I'm not too sure. But the interest for me just isn't there for him. And I'm not surprised because his only interest over the last 15 years has been Barcelona and Argentina. And I think it's hard to shift that. I think it's, I think it's hard to step away from that. You know, it's a bit like Gerard leaves and goes to LA Galaxy. I watched Gerard for LA Galaxy and you could see he wasn't too bothered. Well, Tim Vickery was actually I was listening to Tim Vickery on the radio the other day and he was saying in Barcelona the fans are kind of I suppose happy is the wrong word but they're the fucking the fact that he's getting billed it's, it means that he said for the first time in his career he's probably Argentina first now club second where yeah. that wasn't the case for when he was with Barcelona was built yeah. getting Ballon d'Ors and winning European Cups and making sure he was racking up the Ballon d'Ors now it isn't like that. He's, as Kev said, he's no affinity to PSG. It's all about the World Cup. Argentina look like uh, the way they're going. They're a decent side. They, they look like they're motoring well. Uh, the manager knows what they're doing. Knows what he's doing. So it's the, the fans over there are kind of happy enough with the way things are panning out from PSG because it's making us is uh, it's making Argentina be number one for them rather than this club. Yeah. He could be stuck. Don't get me wrong. He could be stuck at PSG because who who mm. would take him and pay him that sort of money? Because it's still colossal money. He's on over there as well. So you know it could be one of those where he just he's backed into a corner a bit. And does he? In PSG PSG have backed themselves into a corner. With yeah, but he's back, he's backed himself into a corner with the contract as yeah. well. Where does he go to PSG and go? Listen, I'm not going anywhere else in Europe. Can you let me out of contract? I'm going back to playing Argentina, and he might let that happen. Um, let's get through the last couple quickly. Um, Davo, winner of the week. Uh, Crystal Palace. Nice. I think, yeah, got to uh, look. If it's, it's obviously, it'll be very big for them. Listen, they're after getting to an FA Cup semi final uh, trip to Wembley, but it's more from the fact that they'd been there before. Like, they'd, they'd tried to go down the route of getting away from kind of relegation, bog ball, fucking hoofing it, uh, staying tight, nicking games 1 0, being hard to beat when they, when they appointed the bar, and that went badly, badly wrong very, very quick. He got sacked after a one point in seven or eight or ten games yeah. or something like that. And then Hodgson came in. They reverted back to what Hodgson came in. We all know what he's like. Go, go at the level that he needs to be at um, with the likes of Fulham and all the, the likes of that West Brom and stuff like that. So for Palace to go away, I, I, had a, I was listening to something else today and the journalist was saying... 31 players left Palace in the summer. Now, I, had a, I went on to the Premier League site, so it says 22 left uh, left on free transfers. They were out contract in the summer for Palace. So for Vieira to come in, whether it's 22 or 31, whatever, but for Vieira to come in, try and change the style of football and replace that amount of players that have left on, on, on free transfers to get a squad together and change the style of playing to the, the football they're playing. Like they've given to be let's be honest, they gave Liverpool a fill of it in both games. I think Klopp said after the Anfield games the hardest 3-0 win he's ever had in his career. When we beat them 3-0 the, the game in Selhurst Park was recent enough. They after the first half an hour, they were probably the better side. They gave us 
they gave us a hard time. We got a lucky panel at the end to put it to bed. But um, yeah, so listen, the crowd is the crowd has been great down there. I think when you watch a game, everyone agree that uh, Selhurst Park to be bouncing. So for them, with all that, with all that rolled in together, Gav, like new manager, an awful lot of players, thirty odd new players, it's changing the style of football. They're safe. They're cruising. They've thirty four points. That's if they didn't win another game, they'd stay up at say thirty four points. If they didn't get another point, they're safe. And he looks like he's doing a really good job. He probably would have been one of the favourites to get sacked early doors in the season or when, before the season started. So I think uh, FA Cup semi-final fans trip to Wembley. I think uh, Palace, yeah, winners of the week for me. Phil, um, I know you're not a fan of the FA Cup and Palace are in an FA Cup semi-final, but they did go and they did put everything to the sword 4-0 at the weekend, which is um, doubly good. Um, but like, whether you like the FA Cup or not, they do have a huge overhaul of players in, in the summer. Um, Vieira is brave and decides to go in and tries to play a completely different style of football to what Hodgson would do, thank God. Um, he, he's, bringing, he's bringing through a lot of players that are young, very exciting, um, especially in the attacking areas. And putting all your hatred of the cup aside, it's a great... It's a great reward for them, isn't it? Like, you know, eight, nine months into what they're trying to do and they're in a cup semi-final. They may not win the semi-final. They may win the semi-final and not win the final. We don't know, but it is... It's a good... It's a good start for them and it's a nice little reward, I think. What is? The cup semi-final. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Kev, um, what do you make of... What do you make of... Uh, what do you make of Palace getting into the cup semi final? It is brilliant for him. Um, it's a good reward for the kids, but it's a great example to clubs that if you give the right youth players a chance with the right coaching and the right philosophy, they can do something. And he's bought well. You know, some of the kids, like the young centre back, I think he's good. I can't pronounce his name, but. Yeah, he got called up to the England senior squad this week. Um, and it looks like the right back would probably get a call up as well. Olise looks a proper talent. Uh, Eze, they brought back in, they brought in last year, had an injury, and you see he's starting to play a bit now. Zaha looks like he's, re- he's reinvigorated himself, and they brought Edward in from Celtic. A lot of English players were linked, <laughs> English clubs were linked with him. And Palace stumped up the money and paid good money for him, 20 million, I think. And he's been knocking around the France under 21 scene for a while. So they've bought well, but I think they might be slightly disappointed by the points return in the league. But the cup is a massive reward for them. They're a good side to watch, they're an entertaining side to watch. And that place, when that ground, when it gets going, it's, it's a brilliant ground. So Not only that, it gets, it gets going, but. You know, they were getting going under Hodgson, which is difficult, but they're actually getting a bit of reward for, for turning up every week and being noisy because they're actually getting some football to watch in fairness to them. So, yeah, no, yes. fair play to Palace. And um, they were really good at the weekend. They really were. Great, um, great reward. Yeah, great, great reward. reward. Um, great, great reward. Kev. Fantastic. Lose reward there. Getting to play a match. All right. Yep. Fantastic. Ooh, shut the fuck up, will you? Kev. In a cup that now gives two fucks about. Um, Kev, loser of the week, please. Frank Lampard. He's just a gift that keeps on giving, is our Frank. Um, he really is. I don't know what the hell he wanted to achieve with his rent after getting tonked 4-0. But hanging your players out to dry, going into an international break where you're not going to play a game for two weeks, 
is not good man management. He done this at Chelsea. And what happened? He got the boo. You know, and he's not dealing with Chelsea player mentality. You know, he's dealing with fragile players who know they're playing shit, don't need to be hung out to dry in public. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. By their manager who's been brought in to say, to make sure they stay up. And you look at their, I look at their fixtures now. Where is it? Where did I write it down? You got West Ham away, Burnley, United, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester again, Brentford and Arsenal. Now, their saving grace might be that Watford are below them. That might be their saving grace. But Jesus Christ, they look like they're, as soon as they go one down, their heads drop. They look like they're having a fucking notion. And no, no, I mean, what he said He's right. They don't have the balls for it. But it's something you say in the privacy of the fucking dressing room and you keep it in there. It's not what There's Frank no need Lampard for it to get out. He's done it at Chelsea. Yeah. And now it's Chelsea. He's, he came out and he started calling Brand, out players. Yeah. Is he protecting Brand, Brand Lampard? In either way, if you're a chairman of a club and you're seeing the way he's he's acted, are you going to entrust him with your club? And these clubs are worth hundreds of millions of pounds. He's not doing himself any favours. You know, he might think that he's trying to protect himself by hanging the players out and saying it's nothing to do with me. He's the one who picks the team. He's the one who puts the players out on the pitch. And yeah, the players have to carry a lot of the responsibility because they're the ones who cross the, cross the line. But he's got two fullbacks that they signed in January. One of them is really highly rated. Now, the Ukrainian kid, we don't know what kind of mentality he's going to be in be fair but the kid they brought down from scotland he has to be able to do a better job than seamus coleman seamus coleman's legs no no the young lad from the young lad came on in the cup game or played in the cup game and lampard took him off at half time and said he wasn't doing what he was asked to do so um this isn't this isn't a shock like he looked he looked um he looked he looked broken to me at the weekend he's he's calling out players he's going an average goal there and a fluky goal and another average goal and you're kind of going well if they're average how fucking bad were you if they were average goals you'd be better off coming and going we got beaten by three really fucking good goals today but he didn't he's basically telling you that you don't have to do fuck all to score against everything and he's going to stand there and then he's going to call out the players he he looks like to me somebody that the size of this job and the task and the thankless task he has is slowly slowly dawning on him and on, I, they were blessed to get out with a win against Newcastle but I'll go back to it they lose their next game and I tr- it'll just go fucking mental Dabo I don't even know if he I don't know if he keeps them up if they go down I don't even think he stays there oh, no, if, they, if they go down he'll, he'll go listen will you li- uh, listen I'd love nothing more than to be wrong I hope they go down but you know I think I, you know I think they'll stay up I think I think I think they'll I think they'll have enough to stay up, just purely for the fact of it's Watford and Burnley behind them. 
like the Watford and Burnley have to put like I know everything of games in hand. I just think Kev read the, the fixtures out there. They play Burnley and Brentford. That could be easy six point, points for them. Now, listen, it might not be, but like that, you could be looking at six points there. That was a huge win the other night, especially in the manner they got it. Now, listen, I, I totally take the point. They went and turned up at Palace down a couple of days later and got absolutely fucking smashed to bits uh, with, a, with with their strongest side, really, I think. Yeah. Uh, injury was yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bar- 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 Inj- injuries and, and suspensions. I just think they'll. I just I think they're better than Burnley, and uh, I don't. I know the fixtures are bad. But I think they're better than Burnley and Watford. But they have two, two games in hand to Watford and a three-point gap. Yeah. So I th- listen. I think that I think they'll probably. I think they'll probably stay up. But uh, listen, he's, he he didn't do a great job at Derby. He did an all right job. Our right job at Chelsea bringing you through, but he'd no choice because they had a transfer ban, so he had to throw a few uh, young lads in. But that kind of petered out then at the end. It was kind of the sack was coming from a few weeks out. So, yeah, listen, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they get down, but I think they might just might just stay up by default. Nearly, Phil mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lampard has come up loads of times on this show, and um, it's just, it's just for me, Phil. He's just not the man you put in a job if you want to stay up. For me, he's for me. Lampard has won every week. He's been the biggest winner of the week since we started this show, and his winning streak continues. I disagree completely. He's a loser. Lampard, Lampard needs the payoff. Right? He doesn't want to be tired of this. So uh, he, you can see, he's working his way towards the exit door, and he's probably got something lined up already in terms of where his next job is going to be. Um, and there'll be this common thing that nobody can fix everything. So it's not going to impact. It's not going to impact his uh, his his employability stakes because he's Frank Lampard, and Frank Lampard's related to Harry Redknapp, and there's always going to be a job for Frank Lampard, just like there's always a job for Steve Bruce. There was always a job for Alan Corbusty. There was always a job for Alan Pardew. There was always a job for all these lads, nondescript, useless, sh- fucking shite bag managers who never did anything at all in their whole careers as football managers, bar occasionally keep teams up, um, or keep teams up or just hang around the, the 15th, 16th position in the Premier League. They they, they, they love these lads because at one, some stage they're great players and that's it. That's it. So if you turn around and say the Lampard's do it isn't. Everything an absolute sack of shit. They got knocked out of a shit competition. All that matters if he wins two games they stay up. That's all that matters. He'll walk away from everything at the, at, the, at the end of this and say this is it's not for me good luck and that's all. I don't know. I think if he keeps them up, I genuinely think the Everton fans will have him down as some sort of messiah and will absolutely call for Frank Lampard to be back to the absolute hilt in the transfer. Like, they can't gaff. I just, I don't know whether I was reading that wrong. I think, I, I, think, I think even if they stay up, they're in serious, serious bother. Um, financially. With, financially with Premier League rules. Mm. Uh, on yeah. the, the running, the rolling three-year scale that they use about I think you got post a hundred million loss or hundred and ten million. I, I think everything they're, like they're absolutely hundred and sixty. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think the 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 figures that are I don't know whether they have been released or they're due to be released. Everything are smashing through that fucking door with a sledgehammer, uh, with an extra hundred million debt on top of that. So even if they stay up, it's another like who can we sign the summer? Well, right, but we can find another Demaroy Gray for a million and a half. Can we find someone else? They they won't have. They won't have loads of money to throw around. I think they're the last I read or the last time I did 
some research on it. They're the worst team in the league for wages to turn over. I think they're yeah. high eighties, yeah. which is not how the roof. Eighty nine percent. Yeah, which is not how they football if they go, so if, they're, they're in serious bother even if they stay up financially. Davo, if if they go down, <laughs> they're gone. And it'll be good riddance to them. Like there's like that the, the, just be good luck. They'll end up in the league one. That's where their stadium deserves to be, and that's where their fans deserve to be. So I, I've no sympathy. Won't be sorry to see them go. The same, like, I've no interest. Like, they, they, they bring nothing to anything. They've been one of these teams that have just been fucking meandering around. They're like, you know, when you know, when if, if you're in a, an old house and there's a dead mouse under the floorboards and you don't know where the smell is coming from, right? They're the dead <laughs> mouse. That's what they are. They've been hanging around the floorboards since 1994. Just you can't get rid of them. You just can't get rid of the smell. So hopefully we're going to put new floors in this summer. We never have to deal with the dead mouse again. That's all of what we need to talk about. They need another Hans Eggers to be playing against, Phil. I think, <laughs> I think whether they go down or stay up, I think Wayne Rooney gets the job next season. Anyway, um, and that'll be the crack as well. Right, that was winners and losers. Um, Fail O'Connor is our charity. Link is in the description. I'll keep telling you. I will keep telling you. Donate if you can. If you can't, take the link from the description. Mates, friends, family, send it to all of them. Let them know what's going on. Let them know that they can help us get Failicon to €10,000 by the end, middle of June. And if we do that, it will make a huge, huge difference to a very, very, very important charity. So go and check that out. Anything else before we go, Kev? Nope, all good. Good. Anything else before we go, Davo? No, all good. good. Anything else before we go, Phil? Yes. I knew you would. Yes. What have you got to do? I, I, I sent it to you when I when I seen it. So anyone that's been listening to this podcast since 2013, when we mm-hmm. first started talking absolute baloney on this, particularly on Monday night, right? Uh-huh. Um, they'll remember, I think it was around the Olympics, maybe in 2014 or 20, one of those, whenever. The oh, Olympics, no, so. no, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, now I remember going. Right. Yeah. And there's a show. And it's, it's it's there, and it's there for everyone to listen to and go back and this there. And we proposed that the Olympics is a big bag of shit, and they should come up with a thing called the World Games, where you take combinations of sport and you just put people into it and see how good they yeah. are. And people will want to watch this on the television yeah. because they'd be just mad stuff, right? Yeah. Like, what, what, com- s- what, com- what combination of sport would you like? We were like, are we talk talking about, like, here? Like, are we talking here? Like, um, talking to superstars, like. Remember this TV show, Superstars? Bit, years bit, bit like that, but you're combining random sports, like say you put, make football and horses. You know right. what I mean? Okay. It's in the dressage ring, and or okay. you do all this type of stuff. So, lads, it's happened. This, and I don't believe it. I'm, I'm, I, was, I rang Andy. I said, "No, you I did." Said, you got very excited and told Andy to wake up. The other I got very. I said, "We might have copyright infringement here. We could, we could be in for a fortune on this one." So, from the seventeenth July to the seventh, seventh of July to the seventeenth of July this year, twenty twenty-two, in Birmingham, Alabama, the War Games takes place. I am so excited about this. So, anyway, Gab, I went off to do loads of research. Right? right, had to look off and do loads of research, and they have mad fucking games. So they have archery, but it's not archery like you see in the Olympics. It's archery against moving targets, and they don't even know what the targets are. They go into a range, right? So and be they a have human. to with a target. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. A human, no, they can't, they can't do it. And have to do shooting right. at the target. But, but, but if they kill a human with an archery bow, um, they won't know yeah. to kill them because they don't know what the target yeah. is. You get bonus points, okay. and then there's also they have they have canoe polo. Oh, okay. What? Which is basically football in canoes, 
So they have <laughs> horse fucking thing. Use the paddles to hit the ball, and you can use your hand to hit it as well. Have you not right? done that before? What? Have you not done that before? No, that's water polo where there's humans in the water. But this they've, uh, they've put water polo with canoes into the water, and it's end to end and goals. Oh man, I'm so excited about this. There's dancing in it. There's, is is there any balloon? Um, stuff in it, you know, like keep you uh, balloons because of Laura Duffy and um, Red Steve have mentioned the balloons. You know, like there is a there is go, a go away. world keep you balloon competition. So there's fist ball, right? Which right? is which is sort of like aggressive balloon ball where you go around, and you have to punch the ball around the pitch, right? Um, okay. like this, you make up sports, fantastic. Okay. And then there's okay. there's also frisbee, frisbees in it, right. <laughs> Oh, but Frisbee, just as Frisbee, do you haven't messed around with Frisbee because it's sacred? No, it's teams with goals. Frisbee goals. It's, ah, oh, this is this is the best thing ever. <laughs> How we do when the War Games is on because there's no football on, right? When is there's it nothing on? on, right? It's on July 7th to July 17th. Could can we do we a daily update? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, can we do a daily update we of the can, War we Games? We can most certainly do a daily update <laughs> of the War Games, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm half tempted. We can get accredited as journalist, Gav. If we get a sponsor, could we go over to, to the War Alabama Games? Alabama to look at some fella punching the ball around the room. <laughs> we could go. Nilo has family over there. Nilo yeah. does. Nilo does have his uncle lives in Alabama. And, and do we have Alabama. like we with Horleys or anything like that or like mad stuff like that or anything? Uh, there's, there's. Remember, men, do you remember floorball you used to play in school? Do you remember the thing with the hockey sticks and you used to play yeah, yeah, uni yeah. hockey or something called? Mm. That's actually a sport in this. Ah, oh, this is fantastic. This is honestly, when I started looking into it, I was just going, "This is the best ever." There's okay. corfball. There's lots. There's even fighting and there's like roller sports. They have roller hockey. It's ah, oh, it, this okay. is it's tug of so war. July seventh to July seventeenth. Um, well, I tell you what. I will let you come onto this podcast any night you want between the July 7th and July 17th, providing that you look up the war games, watch some of it, and actually come back with information on it. Oh, well, Results. It's, all, it's, all it's sorts live on ESPN Plus. The well, then you'll definitely watch it. I'm not going to be watching it. Yeah, okay. So excited. Okay. There, there you <laughs> go. Um, first, first muted on this podcast probably seven years ago. Um, heard, <laughs> podcast was heard somewhere in Alabama, and um, despite the Trump and COVID, they've got through it all and they, the World Games will go ahead in Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama on July 7th to July 17th, live on ESPN+. Plus. There you go. You learn something new every day. That's literally the definition of you learn something fucking new every day. Um, that has been winners and losers from the LFC Day Trippers. I should be back tomorrow with a cop update. Um, and... We'll have we'll have stuff here during the week, don't worry. We're gonna try to get a couple of viewers and listeners involved in some quizzes and drafts, but we just have to put some work in somewhere to make up a quiz or make up a draft. Um so we'll see how it goes. Thanks to Dabo, thanks to Kev, thanks to Phil, thanks for everyone in the chat. It's been a pleasure. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.